As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now, for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. Well, these are all migrants who have been processed by CBP and are free to travel, so it's nice the state of Texas is helping them get to their final destination as they await in their, their outcome of their immigration proceedings, and they're all in immigration proceedings. No. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the radio show. Radio show first and really foremost, but, you know, many hats. Welcome to the show. I'm Dana Lash. That was Jen Psaki talking. I don't even give a rat's ass about any of that. I want Twitter to be bought and taken private and burned the hell to the ground. That's what I want. I don't care about anything else. I want this rock to be shattered by an asteroid. I want uh, Twitter to be purchased and turned into... Uh, I want Twitter to be bought and just just burned down. That's what I want. So if you... That's the news I woke up to this morning. That was actually pretty good news. Uh, but the point of it, the whole thing about this is that... Uh, so Elon Musk is offering... What is he offering? $43 billion? Yeah. Twitter's not worth $43 billion. I'm worth $43 billion. Actually, I'm not either. I'm not worth $43 billion. Welcome. Your lovable curmudgeon who hates everything. Dana Lash here with you this Thursday. But that's the story that, that broke uh, overnight. So he's... I told you this was going to happen. This is kind of the first step of, I guess you could say, sort of a hostile takeover. $43 billion cash. Cash offer. $43 billion cash offer to take over Twitter. It's pretty amazing. So this has driven their board. They're having a meeting today, uh, an emergency meeting to have a, to, to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, because they could say no. I mean, they they, you know, theoretically, they could say no. And then, you know, this all goes, you know, goes nowhere. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see by that. We'll see about that. But he's, you know, one of the richest people in the world. I just think that's a bad investment. This is. His offer price for this is at four, is fifty four twenty. So it's fifty four dollars and twenty cents per share, and it's a, I guess what thirty eight percent premium to Twitter's close on April first, and that was the last day before his nine. It was nine point two percent stake before that was made public. So he could purchase. I mean, he could do it. He could do it, and he could totally take it public. I've seen the left. It's so it's crazy how the left so quickly went to. They went from uh, build your own platform to now we need government to government invention to now Elon Musk shouldn't be allowed to purchase anything. And they're threatening to leave it. He he asked, apparently he took a poll and asked if they should take the W out of Twitter. I think so. I think you should take the W out of, out of Twitter. I, I, I completely, I'm, I'm all for this. I'm all for anything because I, I, I'm done with, I just, honestly, 
I'm done with it, and I'm done not just so much with the left, but some people on the right, too, and I'll get into all of that. I hate everybody, so come sit by me. But if he, if they agree to this, which I don't, I mean, do you, that's the big question. We don't know if they would agree to it or not. I mean, how money hungry are they? That's the one thing about, like, socialists that work at places like Twitter. They talk a really good game about socialism, but at the end of the day, they're capitalists. And they're going to follow where the dollar goes. Are they, is that what they're going to do here? I, who knows? And so the media is going all in. They hate him. They hate him so bad, which is wild because he's done more for green tech than I think almost anybody it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what he's done. He's done more for green tech than I think almost anybody. He was I mean they 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 had him on SNL. They've done magazine covers of him. They've done documentaries about him. And people are like they need to, we need to abolish billionaires. Poor ugly people are saying we need to abo- abolish billionaires. Jeez. Axios called him a movie supervillain because he made an offer for Twitter. They're having a meltdown of a portion. I mean, I don't know. There are all these all these progressives are having a one one gigantic collective soul douche right now. I don't know how else to describe it. It is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. The weeping and gnashing of the teeth. It's just I've never I don't have anything to compare it to, Kane. I have nothing to compare this to. This is all these people on the left saying that they're going to leave Twitter. It's like everybody saying they were going to move to Canada or they were going to move somewhere else if Trump won or when Bush won or anytime a Republican wins anything. Everybody always says they're going to go somewhere and they never actually do. It's just, it's amazing. Amazing. So I'm watching this. They're meeting today. The Twitter, the Twitter board people. I, I mean, I don't know if they're going to get a buyer's group. to. I don't know what they're going to do. But 43 guys. 43 billion with a B in sweet, sweet cash money. It's amazing. It's amazing. 43 billion dollars in sweet cash money. Why is this video making it? I'm looking at this video on this. I'm looking at this that autoplay and it makes him look like a damn purple Oompa Loompa from Willy Wonka. I don't get it. Uh, that could mean a lot of things. We're in a weird time right now because we have the whole, you know, is it, is Twitter a public square? Is it not a public square? It's a public square, but it's a privately owned public square, privately administered public square. Now it's, you know, publicly owned, but you get what I'm saying. It's its own company. So there's some weirdness there. This is what happens when people get too dependent. This is why I hate influencers. Don't be an influencer. Be a creator. Don't be an influencer. Create. Don't try to influence. Gosh, I hate influencers. I've unfollowed my friends because they're trying to advertise products to me. And I'm like, you're making my soul rot. I don't give a rat's ass about your stupid moisturizer. I don't care what you ate. I don't care anything. I don't care. I mean, I like you, but not like that much. Come on. Musk says he's a free speed absolutist. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, if I were him and I had $11 trillion, I would buy just to shut it the hell down. I'm not kidding. I would. I would shut it down. I kind of hope he does. I was talking to a friend earlier. I'm like, really, this platform has served its purpose. I don't come here except to be a brat. That's all I do, to be honest about it. Let's be honest. Like, we don't, you don't, nobody goes there to have a real conversation. You know why? Because real conversations can't be had. It's all stupid. Nobody wants to have a real conversation. Everybody's too upset. Everybody wants to be outraged. Everybody wants to be outraged. That's the thing. 
Okay, so there's a narrative fight that's happening, except it's been solved. I think people overreacted to this. I was reading this story. There were some, because they said, oh, that, because Beto worked that one guy who never has met a weight that he liked. I mean, he clearly doesn't do leg day for arms or legs. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do chest or back day either. He doesn't do brain day. No. So this uh, headline that I saw yesterday, and I, the only reason I saw this is because Bader was tweeting about it. The Irishman who appropriated a Hispanic uh, nickname because he was tweeting, or he, was, he was tweeting about it. He had this video. He blamed, and I'm not making this up, the entire supply chain he he tweeted the whole he tweeted all these photos he blamed the whole thing on greg abbott in texas because for a few days there were some truckers that were backed up because he's just trying to do everything that he can look there's some things to criticize abbott on I'm not going to jump on this bandwagon where everything he does is wrong because he's not conservative enough. I don't think he's conservative. I mean, enough for me. I'm super conservative. I make him look like a Democrat. There's some things he's done good. There's some things he's done bad. Nobody's perfect. If perfection were required, not a single damn person, including some of these grassroots activists that I see tweeting and bitching at me all day. Why don't you say anything about Greg Abbott? I do. Why don't you listen to my damn radio show? So when I talk about it, you fruit, I just... (laughs) Seriously, these people. I'm like, who is you? But he makes some good decisions. He makes some dumb decisions. I'm, I failed to see how Greg Abbott created the supply chain crisis. I failed to see how Putin's price hike became Greg Abbott's price hike because for a couple of days, he, there's some truckers that had to wait at the border because Joe Biden won't stop the influx. I mean, he could sit here and he could send people across the border and then they could come and they could launch another lawsuit that and everyone's like, yes, do that. Okay, do you live in Texas and do you have to pay for that? Because I sure as hell do. Every time it gets close to tax day, I get hateful. I'm hateful now. I'm hateful. Oh, I pay six. I pay six figures in taxes. It's uh, yeah. So anytime I want to choke out somebody who tells me to pay your fair share, I want to choke you out. And slap your cat too I just it's what I want to do because it's always those people it's what I want to do I get so aggravated about it yeah so those people all the people who are like yes do that why don't you do it? yeah because y'all ain't paying the lawsuit y'all living up in New Hampshire y'all living over in Maryland y'all ain't paying the lawsuit y'all ain't footing the bill for it y'all's hospitals aren't 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 suffering from the physical resource strain and the financial resource strain I mean I could sit here and go on and on y'all ain't paying for it so I don't want to hear it that's not being mean. That's just me being honest. But I, I mentioned this if you get the newsletter, which you should. You should sign up for the newsletter. I send a lot of free stuff out. That's a service. It's a nice, generous service. This, this was a narrative fight because Democrats are so desperate to try to act like champions of the working man. Suddenly, they give a crap about tr- truckers again, which we all know that that's not true. But they, wanna, they want you to think that they care about truckers. So there's, like I said, there's some legitimate criticism against some of the decisions made in the administration of the Republic of Texas, but barring Arizona v. U.S., and that's the case, and I mentioned this yesterday to A.G. Ken Paxton, that's when uh, Obama-Biden went after Jan Brewer when she was governor of Arizona, because Jan Brewer was sending people straight the hell back over the border, and the DOJ sued the crap out of her and threatened to arrest her. Y'all forget that. 
Things that happened 10 years ago don't exist anymore, Kane. Except it's a legal precedent that's established and it exists. So that's why I brought that up with uh, Ken. Sorry, I brought it up with uh, Ken Paxton yesterday. And so he was explaining that they're they're in litigation. They have a couple lawsuits ongoing already. And this um, whole thing of, you know, Arizona v. U.S., that's why he can't just send a bus of people right across the border. See, I would do it anyway. And this is where I got to be careful because I don't want to advocate for the breaking of the law, but I'm advocating for the breaking of the law because the laws, and I love to see how Paxton was being all like responsible and everything. I told you guys, I'm, I, I'm, I will get involved in some shenanigans. But I told him, I said, why don't you just go down the border and register people to vote? Democrats will shut that down so quick. They will be down there. Oh, this they'll cut. They'll shut it down. I'll go down there and register some people to vote. Hell, we're giving them money. You're giving people checks, phones, phones and checks. So, all all I'm saying is, okay, just go to the border and register people to vote, like they did at the gas station. Just go and do it. What's the big deal? And then Democrats will freak out. And he was like, "Well, you know, we have to." I thought it was just cracking me up. We got to buy, we got to buy by the, uh, you know, the Constitution. I get it, I get it, I get it. But I'm just saying, you know, they're not following the law. See, this is what happens because you want everyone to follow the law. Because when people who just do petty stuff, when they don't want to follow the law, people who really want to get into some shenanigans, I'm not saying like me or you, maybe, when we don't want to follow the law, that's when you got to worry. We got a lot more on the way, including we got some we got some people mad at paintings because they suck. I'm just warning you. I'm like a punch you in the throat Daria today. The closer we get to tax day, the meaner I am. I just can't. <laughs> All right, Kane. I'm not okay. Are you okay? Tomorrow's tax day. Just shut up. We're gonna we got a lot to get into. We'll have some fun stuff too. We're gonna make fun of a bunch of people that we don't like. You want me to make fun of somebody today? You just you just holler at me. Because I, I, I will, I'll do it. I'm I, a service, right? Like, like I said. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. I just want to say that I hope that Twitter accepts that offer that Musk offered. The $43 billion in sweet cash money. But if they reject it, he's going to dump his shares. And then I don't know what will happen. So, anyway, we're going to talk more about that because I'm just... I'm, I'm optimistic about the destruction that could come. Uh, let's see, moving on. I don't even know how this happens. KUTV. I've never seen this... I'm just going to say it's a first for me. 
uncontrollable defecation is not something I normally see in a headline. This was in Washington City, Utah. A woman ran over two cyclists and then drove away because she said her IBS, her irritable bowel syndrome, caused the crash. I don't know if, like, is that a severe case IBS? Kane is dying. Now, according to the affidavit, you found this. According to the affidavit, cyclists were brothers from California. They were just doing their thing. They were in a race. They were in a race. This woman ran them right the hell over. Julie Ann Budge. Of course her name. Of course her name is Budge. Uh, she said she was taking all kinds of medicine because she has IBS. And she said that she just has uncontrollable defecation. And that's what was wrong. She said she was uncontrollably defecating on herself while driving. So she swerved. I just got to say, if that's... Uh, you know, an issue with you, maybe take an Uber. Just, you know. I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of cyclists, but I don't, I'm not advocating for people to run them over, IBS or not. Yeah, or pull over, you know, pull over like a good American and just, you know, do your thing on the side of a road. Democrats are stunned. Youngkin vetoed 25 bipartisan bills. Ah ha ha, LOL. Elections have consequences. Homebuyers are stymied by fewer homes, higher prices, rising rates. It's Biden, not Putin. We got a lot more for you coming up. Let's talk mean together. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service. Plus, you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% U.S. US-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. And this broke Would out you yesterday. agree and concede that no one needs uh, an AR-15 or an assault-style yeah. weapon across Those the board? Because well, hunters, not if hunting. you're a good hunter, well, I don't think you need to much. use right. that to so, shoot a deer. So yes, though I think it's often misrepresented what is considered, what, like an AR-15, yes. But I think that there are times that we misrepresent just because a gun looks scary. There's this notion that it's a higher caliber But there was a ban that- on it. Hmm. So... Uh, here's the problem. That's so. That's Mike Pence's former spokesperson and right-hand person, Alyssa Farah. She's the daughter of Joseph Farah of Worldnet Daily. I told my kids they got to get their own gigs. The um, welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here. I asked her about it because I'm on friendly terms with her. But this is where you're you're going to see that I live my creed. I ain't in this to be friends. I'm in this to be left alone. How can you leave me alone the most? This ain't show friends. It's show business. And I'm in the business of being left alone. (laughs) That's my creed. So I don't care who you are. You know, I'm cool depending on if I know you and if you're cool. But I asked her about this. I was like, can you clarify this for me? Uh, Because I've, you know, I got some questions. Can you clarify this? And she said, Uh, She tweeted back, sure, I was stating my personal viewpoint. 
not a policy position. I worked in public policy for over a decade, including extensively on Second Amendment issues. I'm not advocating for any policy change. I think the Second Amendment is clear. Unclear answer on my end. I just think if you've worked in public policy, particularly extensively on the Second Amendment for a decade, you should be able to talk about calibers and ballistics a little bit better than that. I told her, I said, I appreciate your response, but I'm confused still as to where you land on it. Because personal opinion so often influences policy. And I asked her, I said, so do you oppose the ownership of semi-auto or just specifically AR-15? And I haven't heard back. So I'm just, you know, I'm curious. I get the people, you know, I get, maybe she's trying to avoid a tough conversation. There's just a lot of conservative women that go on The View and they collapse, except for Meghan McCain. Some people don't like Meghan McCain because she's John McCain's daughter or they think that she's too moderate. She's not as moderate as you think she is. And for a lot of people in this business, she and I used to not get along. And I've gone at her before and she's gone at me before. But, you know, we've, we're, we're friends and, and I think she's one of the most genuine people in the industry. What you see is what you get with her. Some of these people that you see on Fox or CNN or MSNBC or that you see elsewhere, you think they're one way, but they're another way. I mean, we've all seen who's been saddling up to the CPAC bar, not walking back into hotel rooms with their wives. So let's just be real. True. It's just everybody's corrupt and, and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And people love access to power. Doesn't matter on the right and left. I'm not saying all of this of Alyssa, but I'm just saying what you see is not necessarily what you get. And not every person with an R after their name is an actual conservative. But what gets me about this is that, you know, the people who the people who talk about opposition to ownership of AR-15s. So like my 223 is, is not okay, but my, my 308 is? I want someone to explain this to me. Why is my 223 not okay, but my 308's okay? It doesn't make sense. That's what I mean. And I also think, again, if you've been in public policy for as long as you say, you need to be able to speak to this. And do you think there's any conversation that's going to be had with those harpies on The View that changes their mind on guns? All I know is that anybody who knows ballistics and caliber isn't going to be cowed by Sonny Hostin or whatever the hell her name is. I agree with that. I mean, it's not like a damn brain trust on that show. (laughs) You know, you're not going on that show talking to a bunch of Einsteins. Shit, you're you're, you're talking, I mean, (laughs) just... Tax day, I can't open. God. I'm just saying these women on the view. (laughs) These women on the view are not going to change their stance on guns in spite of facts, in spite of logic. Just not going to (laughs) happen. I apologize. No, it's nice weather today out here. Try to relax, (laughs) enjoy the show. Did you get that, by the way, Steve? Did you catch it? You know what, Steve? I'm not going to even say what you said on break, so shut up. Hey, that wasn't half as bad as what you just did. No, it was. You know, everybody's got their time. I gave my apologies. You know, it's tax day where the government's going to steal six figures of my money uh, in total. And the other part of it is I just I feel like Republicans are in a like a precarious position. Right. I mean, I don't I, I there's politicians that I like and then I, I'm like, why are you making this decision? Why did you just make this move? Right. Like I like Trump. Didn't like shutdowns. But I like Trump. I like my tax cut. That tax cut was my best friend. I wonder if that tax cut was a person, we'd be at Olin Mills getting them beautiful photos in front of a wonderful seasonal vignette. Be wonderful. 
I like, for instance, coming up with this election stuff. I've Brian Kemp in Georgia just signed what well, they just put the 25th state to pass constitutional carry. That's a great thing. Some people are critical of Brian Kemp. I've had him. I've talked to him. I've had him on the show. Uh, he's been able to answer the questions that I've thrown at him. And I'm always very nice, you know, when I ask questions, even though I disagree with somebody. But Trump did a, just did a, a big ad buy against him in Georgia. I'm like, why are we doing this right now? The problem with Georgia, the problem with like that special Senate race in Georgia was the turnout. I was there in Georgia. I was at an event in Georgia. I can't tell you how many people came up to me and told me they weren't going to be voting in that special election. I cannot even tell you how many people. It was, it really stunned me. I was really stunned. And I was looking at voter turnout from, di- from, from, from district to district. And there were like Marjorie Taylor Greens. That's a pretty, that's a super conservative district. They had such a reduction in voting for that special election, such a downturn from turnout from the general from 2016, from 2020. It was, it shocked me. I don't know. That's that people got to be honest and talk about how that plays into this. So my whole point with this and with some of this, some of this stuff is you just got to, people need to know what they know and know what they don't. And if they don't know what, you know, certain issues, then maybe just, maybe just refrain. Because that's Sonny Haston. I mean, she's, like I said, this is not a brain trust there. It's not. I mean, geez, that's like a, Connect Four is hard for them. There's just no reason to capitulate. It's like the same thing in the Parkland Town Hall. When I saw Marco Rubio do that live on stage, he capitulated about Red Flag. I watched it happen right in front of me. I get it. It was a tough room. But if you believe in something, you believe in it and you're going to hold fast to it no matter what kind of, no matter how hot the water gets. And there's just, I, I think that's kind of a crucible. That's sort of, it's a, it's very much, I think, a measure of how far someone's belief goes. I mean, you got to be able to get through the view for the love. If you can't get through the view without crumbling, geez. Because there's places in D.C. and there's boardrooms in D.C. and there's meeting rooms in D.C. that are a lot tougher than what you see on The View with people who have far more power and influence. And if you can't stand up in an environment like that, the places that people don't get to see on their televisions, you sure as hell aren't going to stand up. Now, I want to switch gears because we've got some other things to get into. Uh, As I was telling you, Musk made an offer for Twitter. I think, Kane, you were saying, what, four <coughs> Eastern? So it's three Central? That the- no, four Central, five Eastern. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's going to be a Twitter staff meeting in regards to this. So we won't know probably until this evening. They could agree to that $43 billion cash offer uh, because he said it has to be taken private to grow. He tweeted, Twitter has extraordinary, or he said in the letter, uh, Twitter has extraordinary potential. I will unlock it. And so, and it's a gen, I mean, it's a legitimate, uh, it's, it's right 38% premium to April's, uh, the April 1st close for Twitter. Now they, he said it was his best and final offer and he would reconsider his investment if the board rejects it. 
He wrote, quote, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve the societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. He said he's a free speech absolutist. So he had tweeted before, too. A lot of people are going to be super unhappy with West Coast high tech as the de facto arbiter of free speech. And see, ultimately, there's something that he's. You can sit here and all the people who are going, oh, Twitter's a private company, Twitter's a private company, all those people who were saying that this whole time, suddenly now they're mad because uh, they're upset because you know now you have Musk making decisions that they don't like. But he is right when he talks about them being, serving as this de facto arbiter of free speech. Because if Twitter suspends you, if Twitter suspends your account and then there is an acknowledgement of this in the press, oh, Twitter, you know, Twitter suspended Trump or Twitter suspended Babylon B. They suspended a satire site. All, Babylon B was entirely vertical. It was a Christian satire site. The guys are, they're, they're super nice to do it. They've come, been on the show frequently. But the reason given for suspension of accounts is always well, there was something nefarious on the part of the person or the account that was suspended. And so there's this cloud of suspicion that is placed over that the individual running that account because what did they do to get suspended? That's sort of the prevailing conclusion when something like that happens, correct? And it tarnishes someone's, whether it's their reputation or the way they are perceived by public, by the public, I mean, it, it tarnishes the impression of that individual, I mean, there have been accusations of Twitter before that their accusations in doing so were defamatory. Or how the New York Times, I think that was one of the things, one of the lawsuits against New York Times that, you know, they had reported, I don't know if it was Project Veritas, I think it may have been, that was one of the things mentioned that, oh, they were suspended because they were publishing fake news or something like that. Well, you know, New York Times is enjoining Twitter and making that claim and twi- they're, they're, they're making the measure of that statement. They're predicating upon Twitter's action of suspending that account. So you see what I'm saying? When you have them being perceived as the uh, keepers of speech, there's a major problem with that. And there's a lot of other platforms out there. I have people reaching out to me. There's other platforms out there. I get tired of constantly making account after account after account. I've got other stuff that I've got, you know, irons in the fire. There's constantly creating account after account after account. True social just is clunky as all hell. I've made one post on there. I'm glad that someone's trying it. But here's the thing. Just because someone's conservative and they're doing it, you can't just be conservative and doing something. You've got to be good at what you're doing. Let's not forget why we're doing stuff. The service that you are providing, if you're a true capitalist, all these people who say that they're capitalists out there, part of that is making sure that you have a product that is good. If you're opposing ideology and you're opposing, you know, and the reason that you want other people to create stuff is because you oppose these ideological shenanigans that people out on the West Coast are doing with platforms like Twitter, then I think that you got to be consistent on that as well when it comes to, you know, other platforms that are being created. You, I'm not going to just go to something just because somebody says that they're conservative and they created it. Is it good? Does it work? Conservatives need to not short sell themselves. Don't accept anything less than the best when it comes to, you know, recreations of things that exist and are controlled by progressives. We have the brain capital to do it for the love. We got the resources to do it. Why the hell do we sell ourselves short every single time and act like, well, you know, I guess we'll just do this clunky thing. Why? 
And then people get upset if you don't wholeheartedly embrace it because I'm a capitalist. I'm a true capitalist. Is it good? Is it going to serve my purpose? Then it'll get my dollars and my attention or the investment of my time, whatever. We have uh, a bunch of stuff still on the table. Let me give you a quick rundown before we uh, finish up, wrap up this first hour. So I've got more heinous pulling <laughs> from for, for Democrats. I told you a couple of days ago how Biden's bottoming out in Nevada. Wait until you see his numbers in California. I know. Because I think all that's left there are the socialists, right? Who's left? Everybody I know is left. I only know one person that still, one, one of my friends still lives there. Everybody's, literally everybody's moved. The end of 2021 saw inflation rise by almost 7% in just one month. And that means in 30 days, your dollar became 93 cents. This year, the stock market has been dangerously volatile. Gold provides a hedge against inflation, which is why you should trust legacy precious metals for investing in gold and silver. Inflation isn't slowing down. It's escalating. Trust legacy precious metals to give you unbiased counsel based on your personal situation. It's time to be proactive and take steps to protect yourself. Legacy precious metals will advise you on all of your options, whether that's rolling your existing retirement account into a gold IRA or whether that's holding physical metals directly in your home. Speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals. The number is 866-580-2088 or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Protect your family's wealth with Legacy Precious Metals. Call 866-580-2088 or visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I love Simple Minds. It really is one of the just best 80s bands. I, they're one of my favorite, top five favorite bands of all time. If you're listening on the simulcast, it's Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me, which actually was written, believe it or not, for The Breakfast Club. Yeah. You didn't know that. It was not a song that they had freestanding in a recording or as part of an album before that movie came together, they specifically recorded it for The Breakfast Club. And I'm told didn't like it. They weren't as huge fans of this song as we all are. I mean, this is iconic. When I think of the 80s, I think of this song. This is one of my top three favorite songs ever. She Still Sanctuary by the Cult is the second. And then I think maybe oh, I go back and forth between Fascination Street or Pictures of You with The Cure. As my other. I mean, but who? they didn't like this song. And then it grew on them. They didn't like this song when they first... I would have heard this the first time. and would have been like, this is a genius jam. You're geniuses. If I was, I would be like, you got... I'm a genius for writing this song. Isn't it wild just how sometimes people don't necessarily know exactly what they have? Mm, Great Scottish band. Uh, Formed a year before I was born, believe it or not. All right, so... I could sit here and talk about new wave 80s music forever and ever and ever. Maybe we will at one point. Who knows? So we have, uh, I love this headline. There was, Quinnip- there's, there's a couple of different polls out that I want to, I'm going to kind of divide up because we were talking about this on break. This one poll coming out of California. Like we got Adam Laxalt. He's going to be joining us next week, Tuesday of next week, I think, Kane, you said. And he, uh, he's out of Nevada. Nevada was, you know, pretty red for long time like Colorado Colorado had 63 straight years of Republican majority state legislature and then in two election cycles 
that that Democrat blueprint, which is literally a book now, flipped it. And I want to watch what's happening here. Because right now, this is one survey coming out of California. When it starts becoming more than one, and you're looking at two, and you're looking at three, because right now, Kamala Harris... Now, keep in mind, Kamala Harris wasn't popular in California. The Obamas went out and really were doing a lot to raise her profile. Oh, Barack Obama really raised her profile, but she's got... 35% approval. That's a Berkeley IGS poll. We got some others we're going to break down for you because it is going to be an apocalypse for them in November. Stick with us. As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now, for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. Jen, uh, three times now the president has made comments about the war that the White House or he himself subsequently said did not reflect U.S. policy or legal determination when he said Putin is a war criminal, uh, when he said that Putin cannot remain in power, and of course this comment about this being genocide in Ukraine. Um, does this not send a signal to the world that there kind of is an asterisk uh, any, next to anything that the president says? Well, I, then when the president ran, uh, he promised the American people he would uh, shoot from the shoulder, is his phrase that he often uses and tell to them straight. And his comments yesterday, not once, but twice, and on war crimes are are an exact reflection of that. Hmm. Well, so that is, that was Jen Psaki yesterday. Goodness. (sighs) Shoot from the shoulder. How else do you do that from thinking? Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash, it's Thursday, it's Friday Eve. Ooh, a lot to cover today. Now, that was Saki just then. She was asked, why? Why does the White House always have to walk back? Things that Biden says. I mean, it, 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 they were asking, you know, and well, actually not really asking. They were pointing, they asked her why he, they have to constantly walk back, but they also we're suggesting that it makes the world not trust anything that he says because he just can't seem to have an opinion. (laughs) He can't seem to come up with an opinion without somebody trying to justify it or have a footnote with it or something. And it's true. Um, But I, I don't know. I think most now, honestly, the only time that I ever pay attention to anything he says is because I want to get something funny. I'm not going to lie, because it's always going to be like, Trump-Lombager, or something like that. So, all right, so I have some developments in this tech issue. I think this this Musk Twitter thing, regardless of whether or not you're on Twitter, is important, and here's why. 
it is the crux of everything that is happening right now. It touches every issue. Tech, speech, culture, politics, everything. And it's weird because it is a platform that is hostile to free speech, but yet it they made their millions on free speech. So as I told you, Elon Musk, who is a great American success story. I don't care if he's born in South Africa. Great American success story. That's how it works. This, he's very much kind of like uh, Tony Stark and Howard Hughes in a way, isn't he? Very much so. It's kind of like watching the Great Gatsby in a way in real life. It's just bizarre. It's crazy to watch this all happen. This is going to be a great movie someday. So, he made an offer, cash, sweet cash money, $43 billion for Twitter. Very generous. Would you say it was 10 times over the show? It was at their, what their premium was before it closed April 1st. Yeah, it was almost like 50, $54 bucks a share. Yeah, almost $10 more than the current share price. So then you've got Trump once called him Dopey, and I am dying because I just remembered this. Dopey Prince Alawalid Talal. He's a Saudi something and he wanted to act he wanted to throw basically can i just it's a phallus measuring contest and he wanted to throw down on the table and act like well you know this is how this is going to work he only owns five percent elon musk owns 9.2 percent musk i think is also like half his age he's a saudi dude i love what john uh nicosia had said he goes who knew saudi arabia would have a say in u.s free speech He wrote this. This dude wrote this on Twitter. I don't believe that the proposed offer by Musk comes close to the intrinsic value of Twitter, given its growth prospects. Being one of the largest and long-term shareholders of Twitter, I reject this offer. No one cares. You're not as big as he is. I'm famous in Japan. You're not as big as he is, dude. Growth prospects. What growth prospects? He's dopey. He got his money from his daddy. Can you, oh my gosh, can the left, is the left going to rely on somebody who got his money from daddy in Saudi Arabia? Are they going to rely on him as the being the saviors of their controls on speech? Please let this happen because I am going to be full of memes. But it is, what this is, is it's a battle between free speech and the ruling class. That's what this is. See, it's, a, it's, it's, the, it's the open marketplace that is that makes money for the private company that owns it. How wild is this? This is a brave new world. And this is why there's all these different ethical quagmires. Because it is a business. It's the public square digitally. But it's a business. Who? That's what's... And, then, and they started suffering when they started messing. So, man, somebody told him, you need financial advisors they said, yeah, wait for Musk to withdraw his offer. Uh, you know, that'll fall to like 33. And then same scenario as other past stocks with buyout offers. Price never recovers for decades. If you were smart, you'd contact Elon and go in as a partner on a buyout. You need new financial advisors, bro. True, he does. This guy's a moron. That's probably why he's got daddy's money and not his own money. Mm-mm-mm. So I don't think Twitter's worth $43 billion. I, I legitimately don't. I'm, I'm really interested in how they even get that value because the value is 
everyone who uses it. The people they abuse, the accounts they suspend, the people they throttle. That's the, uh, that's the value. That's where the value comes from. So he could, they meet today uh, for Eastern, 5 Central, the, the board. No, four Sorry, 4 Central, 5 Eastern. They meet today and they're, I guess they'll make a determination. I just don't, I just, he said this was his, basically my first and final. It's basically, is essentially what he said. First and final. He's not going to offer more. And, and he noted, and Steve reminded me too, because he had said that uh, he would uh, take his investment elsewhere if, you know, there, there isn't something that could be arranged. He said, he goes, I'm not playing the back and forth game. I've moved straight to the end. It's a high price and your shareholders will love it. If the deal doesn't work, given that I don't have confidence in management, nor do I believe I can drive the necessary change in the public market, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. This is not a threat. It's simply not a good investment without the changes that need to be made. And those changes won't happen without taking the company private. He's right. He's absolutely correct. I love how you just said I made an offer. That's all I said. So we're going to watch this because this this touches a lot of stuff. And the free speech issues, the tech issues, the combination of the two in an era where we are very gradually starting the beginning steps of the metaverse, which is coming regardless of whether or not you you know, you agree with it or you like it. The metaverse, which is, you know, the online spaces that the virtual spaces that people gather where they can't physically gather. Uh, that's, I mean, that's more and more going to become integrated into daily life. And that's, that's just where everything's going, regardless of whether people are like it or not. The, the question isn't how to stop it. The question is how to shape it. And this, I think, is really the first shot across the bow. Because this ultimately, Twitter is a, is, is a platform, became a platform of the ruling class. When Twitter first began, and I got back on Twitter, when did I get on Twitter? I think it tells you on your account. Let me look. I joined in July of 2007. Twitter was wild. And you could see everything. You could, you had like actual legit engagement. Uh, it was... It was just very a different era and they started changing it because conservatives really organized well that's how netroots came to be which was netroots actually was a i don't even know if they still have it that was the left's digital conference that they used to have i crashed one crashed i bought a ticket and went to one uh oh man they hated me but and right online was the answer to that i was at one in rhode island one year the conservatives were very, very good. We were very, very good at organizing the don't go movement, the hashtag TCOT, which was TCOT, top conservatives on Twitter. All of that stuff led, that really, that predated the Tea Party and the Tea Party wouldn't have existed without those movements. Ultimately, the Tea Party began online. Rick Santelli's rant back in the day would just kind of just, that was the, that was the flame on the powder keg. The powder was added by those two movements digitally. And so, as we barrel towards this metaverse, we're in this weird spot where we ha all of these public squares are provided by private entities. So how does free speech 
exist when political biases are so bad that people will harm their own countries, their own companies, rather, excuse me. They will harm their own companies and their own company's worth and user engagement over partisanship. That's where we're at. This is just, it's weird, but I really do. And I'll, and, and Twitter became a thing for the ruling class. They became a thing for, you know, the ruling media elites to try to control narratives. They had to change the algorithm because they were so bad at it. So I don't think that Musk, I think I trust people who are motivated by money and legacy. I trust them more than I trust anybody in Washington because they're transparent about it. Always trust people who are motivated by money and legacy because you can predict their moves. What's going to make them more money? What's going to what's going to build their legacy? That can be predicted. People aren't going to act against their own interests in those when they're when that is their currency. Everybody has a currency. Trump's currency is positive affirmation. Everybody has a currency. Find out what people's currency is and play to that. Trust that currency. We got a lot more to get into. And uh, also, wait, no, 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 no. I'm just give you a quick rundown so you know what's coming. Uh, we have ooh, the World Health Organization. Does anyone care still? They say, oh, coronavirus is still a global health emergency. Fatalities are the lowest they've been in two years. Shut up. We uh, have gender issues. We got all kinds of stuff. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Commissioner Mark Morgan tells me how Biden's open border policies have cartels ravaging our border and the rest of the country with no consequences. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Morgan also explains the staggering number of people crossing our border who did not get caught, including many criminals. Don't miss this. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. The European Space Agency says they will no longer work with Russia on future moon missions after Putin invaded Ukraine. The European Space Agency, they said they ended collaboration with Russia on moon missions. They will no longer cooperate with the Russian Space Agency on Luna 25, 26, and 27 because of Russia's aggression towards Ukraine. So there ends all... How do, how do how are they going to in the future all coexist on the ISS? Just wondering. I would think we're in the wrong business, y'all. I think we really are. So apparently there are professional baby namers. Their names suck. I was listening to this chick name these baby names, and I was like, these are the worst names I've ever heard. Her name's Taylor Humphrey. She says she's named more than 100 babies in 2020. She gets $150,000 from people to name their baby. And, oh my gosh. She has a what's in a baby name business. And she said, depending on what expectant parents pay, her services range from a phone call and a bespoke. Oh my gosh. That's a word that's just abused. Bespoke nameless to a genealogical investigation. With the aim of unearthing old family names from the New Yorker. This is the bougiest business that I wish I would have gotten into. Kane, why did we not get into this? We'll name your baby. We got, uh, I will name your, what about Wesson? Smith. If you had twins, name one Smith, the other Wesson, right? Could call one Remy for Remington. I'm just saying, you know, 
except I didn't like their decision, you know, up in you know, the recent case. Just saying, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Annie. Just saying, just you know, giving some suggestions. I'll name your baby. Can you? You, I'm sure you got names too. I'll do it for only five thousand. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll see. I'll yeah, five thousand dollars. Give us five thousand dollars. Kane will give you some suggestions. Steve went full on uh, Talladega Nights, Walker and Texas Ranger. We wanted sissies. We'd have named him Doctor Quinn and Medicine Woman. True story. All right, wait. Where's the rest of our headlines? Uh, So, a fanatic was caught stealing an Audi. At uh, Oklahoma dealership, a man caught stealing. He loves Audis. He was uh, caught stealing an Audi at Oklahoma dealership, and he tries to avoid charges by saying that uh, the president, former president, made him a marshal. He said that he had he was a U.S. marshal. He had been appointed in the previous administration. Randy Cantwell, what a name, Cantwell. That's right. He's in trouble. He done got himself in trouble. Uh, also, got a couple other, uh, one more. The Zika virus may be one step away from an explosive outbreak. Here we go again. This is terrifying. Why do we have mosquitoes? Just kill them. Why can't you breed mosquitoes to breed mosquitoes and make them all where they can't reproduce? Just saying. What, have they done that? Is that a horror movie? I just want to make sure. Don't do anything that's been in a horror movie. I will say that. Stay with us. we got a lot more in store. Gender issues coming up. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. He says he wants to pay $54.20 a share to buy up the rest of Twitter that he doesn't have. Of course, 54.20, that's 4.20, that's a code for marijuana, uh, you know, which he very much enjoys. So is this all a troll or is this very real? Well, that's Brian Stelter freaking out. If you ever wanted to see what happens when a potato loses its mom, I'm sorry. That's mean. That's mean. I shouldn't do that, Dana. You're so mean. Why are you being so mean? Because I, because I pay six figures in taxes. That's why. Welcome back to the show. You're lovable curmudgeon here with you today. Uh, man, he's mad. What, hey, Kane, what happened to all the people who were like, but it's a private company. Twitter's a private company, though. Oh, that narrative's going to change quick if there is a takeover. Are they going to hate electric vehicles? I mean, obviously, particularly Teslas, but it makes me wonder how quickly they're going to get rid of all their Teslas. Hmm. Very curious about this. So uh, I have some gender issues. Not I don't, but other people do. Listen to this story. Two inmates at an all-women's New Jersey jail just got pregnant. Hmm. How'd that happen? Oh, because they were with both of them transgender prisoners. The ACLU won a battle to house 27 men who identifies women at an all women's New Jersey jail. Now I've spoken previously to uh, different groups that have been advocating, like in California, it's really bad, where there are women who are forcibly housed with men who identify as women, and many women are being raped, and, and there's there's a lot of, I've had a lot of discussions about this on air as well, uh, with the first for a separate broadcast on this issue. Now, in New Jersey, there were letters 
that were confirmed by the Department of Corrections. They have, <clears throat> excuse me, they have 800 women incarcerated at Edna Mahan Correctional Facility in Hunterdon County. 27 of those 800 women are men who identify as women. The Department of Corrections External Affairs Executive Director, Dan Speraza, said that the, there were relationships which led to the pregnancies. Now, he said that they were consensual. It's not always the case, though, in these areas where men are housed as women, particularly in California. Now, the, one of the female prisoners is five months pregnant. Hmm. They began housing transgender inmates, men who identify as women, last year because of the ACLU. There was a lawsuit that said a man who identified as a woman did not want to be in a male prison. They wanted, he wanted to be in a women's prison. Remember, women don't have any agency when it comes to something like this. If, if the powers that be determine that a man ha- gets to go into a, women's, a woman's jail, then that, you know, that's just the way it is. In California, I was speaking to, it was actually a second wave feminist group, believe it or not, just because we had common ground on this issue. Because I just don't think that you should have men in women's prisons being held as prisoners in women's prisons or even being roommates. Apparently, one of the California prisons, there was a woman who uh, is, has a mental, uh, de- has a developmental disability and has the, uh, they said it's, uh, she's a, a grown woman, but she has the mental perception of, a, of like a five or six year old. And that she had been physically taken advantage of many times by a man who identified as a woman who was being housed with her because that's how California Corrections, uh, Department of Corrections is how they operate because of these lawsuits and that. So here you have the largest, the largest union for state corrections officers in New Jersey. They, they've taken, they have had massive objections about moving these men into a woman's prison. They said that it was detrimental to the general population. It brings stress to the officers. By the way, what happens to the children born of such relationships? What happens? It's not like the kids are going to grow up in jail. What happens to those? What happens to those kids? Does anybody care? Curious. It's sad. And this is just, they've had a rape scandal at this prison before. They have a long history of incidents. And this just makes it even, just makes it even worse. Good heavens. So yeah, two women. One's five months along. And this, uh, I'm just, I don't know. Widespread abuses throughout department. This isn't justice. Not at all. I and there are a lot of women who don't feel safe especially in California they've spoken out about this they said that there's about uh, in, in Department of Corrections 1,129 inmates in California that have identified as like transgender or non-binary female inmates have been sued they sued over this and they've been demanding new housing because they don't feel comfortable being in a uh, being in a cell with a man who identifies as a woman, especially when, as Kane has noted many times before, the transgender issue isn't who you're attracted to. It's how you identify. You can still, like, apparently, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, he's still, I'll call him Caitlyn, he changed his name, but he's still, he's admitted even that he's still attracted to women. 
There's one uh, female prisoner who spoke with Los Angeles Times. She's one of the one of the parties that's part of the suit. And uh, she had said that she doesn't want to fall prey to this. Because she's she's worried about her safety. But see, when women are worried about their safety, it just doesn't. That never comes into that's something that never comes into consideration. That's that's a non-issue. And transgender inmates have allowed, been able to, they've been allowed to choose housing based on their identity. It doesn't matter if they have the surgery or not. It's however they identify. There's all this consideration that's given to the men who identify as women and none to the women. So they're, they're being sued. And I've talked, I've spoken with a number of, uh, a number of groups Uh, about this because there's you know and a lot of the female guards don't like it either in women's prisons you have a lot of female guards they don't like the fact that there's men who are identified as women that are being that are being housed in there and they have to deal with this too and one lawsuit and it was filed by and the, the group that i spoke with was the women's liberation front Yes, it's a second. They're not third wave. They don't they don't buy they don't get into all the trans they're not into the transgender fight. They believe men and women are separate two genders. But it's a second wave group and every you could argue things see the but there's common ground here. So just wait wait a second. The Women's Liberation Front, they've been working with uh some of these inmates on this. So for instance, according to one lawsuit, There was a a man who identifies as a woman who sexually assaulted a female prisoner in Central California's women's facility after he chose to, he wanted to be housed in a women's correctional facility. The prison's response to the woman's grievance because she had been assaulted, they referred to her attacker, and this was in the report, quote, transgender woman with a penis, now, the lawsuit says the woman who was attacked does not believe that women have penises. And she said the psychological distress caused by her assault is exacerbated by the prison's refusal to acknowledge the sex of her perpetrator. These are men, by the way. And in a number of these cases, according to Women's Liberation Front, that's been talking to these prisoners you know, regularly, uh, you're looking at, at uh, sexual predators, people who have who have been charged with sexual crimes against women who then identify as women and say that they want to be in the women's facility and they get put in the women's facility. Well, yeah, you're a predator. You're going to do, they're going to, a predator is going to do whatever gets him closest to his prey. The plaintiff, Crystal Gonzalez, the man apparently, I mean, he still had, you know, all of us, and that's the thing, you don't have to have no reassignment, no anything. You can just walk in with a beard and say you identify. In fact, in uh, another suit, there was a uh, one woman who was attacked who uh, said that, uh, yes, that, there, that her attacker dealt with facial hair, had facial hair. This is wild. Wild. So this is what, it's, this, is what this is leading to. You have biological males who are being housed in women's correctional facilities. And in many cases, women are forced to share the cell, a cell with a man. Now, granted, it's not to the point where it's common, but it's, it's becoming to where it's not uncommon either. 
it's it this is occurring with more frequency in california in fact uh one of women's liberation front their legal director has been working with this and i've spoken with her lauren adams she had said she told me she's like you know you have you have people you have men who have beards who are calling themselves women and they demand that everyone rec- affirm that as being true and it's not and they want to ha- they want to share cells with women in prison this is this is where this is going to this is where it's going unbelievable you know, because science. Now, New Jersey, speaking of New Jersey, talked about California and New Jersey here. They have a lesson plan in one school. Actually, it's New Jersey Public School. They're, they're telling school students as young as 10 years old that they can be, that puberty blockers are an acceptable way to manage adolescents. That is so dangerous. Why don't you just sell them crack? It's easier. Just go ahead and give them a crack rock. These are going to be the same people who probably like are big supporters of dare dare to keep kids off drugs. Here's your puberty blocker. Let's screw up your hormones for life. Let's go ahead and make you a medical patient for life. That's what this is. Sex education guidelines under the state that take place that take effect in November. And the sample lessons, according to a couple of different reports in New Jersey media, Uh, Some of the lesson plans were given to parents at a meeting. This was Westfield Board of Education. And according to the documents that were obtained, the school districts in New Jersey are reviewing new sex education lesson plans that push animated videos known as a maze for fifth graders that feature in cartoon form and also in narration graphic sex-related content. Yeah, they talk about some other stuff there, but they also say, quote, puberty blockers are medications that will stop your body from changing. And they they encourage kids to ask their parents to take them to endocrinologists. And they, they're talking about managing puberty. Manage puberty so it can be a fun, exciting time rather than a, a scary, stressful one. Wow, is that not big pharma trying to make money off of a natural human occurrence and development? manage puberty just imbibe a bunch of hormones without any consideration for how they're going to impact your body's development or what that means for you in the future this is crazy there's yeah fifth graders should be learning as one says about planets and about science and math and not this i can't even talk about some of the stuff that it teaches they um the video features cartoon children pleasuring themselves in the video no joke i'm not even going to talk about it i'm not going to play it this is insane and as kane notes also the same people that want to vaccinate your kids (laughs) from a virus that has a 99 percent survivability and doesn't even actually find reservoir in that age group but whatever this is what parents are up against how is this not grooming behavior? That, and that's, that is terrifying to push this stuff on kids and also to encourage kids to say, well, maybe you should you know, ask your mom and dad about it, going to an endocrinologist and getting puberty blockers. Do, 
without any consideration for how that's going to affect a child's development, not just physically, but but mentally, emotionally, and the impact that that's going to have on them in the future. Do you realize that there's some things that you can just you're going to pump somebody up full of hormones and real and then what? There are so many detrimental effects to doing that. This is like this isn't even responsible. It's not responsible medicine. It's not science. This is abusive. We have more to come as we wrap up this second hour of the show. We have Florida Man on the way as well, so you don't want to miss uh, anything from Florida Man. And I got some, well, we got Florida Dolphin too. I feel like I need to qualify that. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida Man. So uh, in Florida, a woman named Haromi Adams, a teacher at Hammett Bowen Elementary, she uh, went to the school clinic for a wellness check after administrators said they are a little concerned about her behavior and they told the SRO about it. The first grade teacher had gone to a classroom bathroom and apparently she was hiding her drugs in there. They found a pill bottle with her name and a red straw, and she was apparently taking ecstasy while teaching first grade. I mean, I get that sometimes kids drive you nuts, but that's, that's not, no, that's, yeah, let's not do that. Uh, I have a couple of other ones. Some, I can't, I'm not going to talk about that. Oh, this guy got in trouble for uh, CBS 12. Why do people do this? Every like couple of months we have something like this. This police officer, actually he's not a police officer. Channel 12 News says he lied about being a police officer so he could get a discount at Wendy's. Mm-hmm. Uh, witnesses say Jesse Stover asked for the law enforcement discount for his meal when he was asked to provide his ID, his law enforcement ID. He quickly f- flashed a gold color badge and demanded the discount again. His request for a discount was denied. An argument began, and the actual police are called. And then, the, so when the actual police showed up, showed up, he was like, "No, no, wait a minute! I'm, a, I'm an undercover agent for the DEA." So apparently, he's a regular customer at that Wendy's and routinely requests various discounts. Not the, not the smartest, not the smartest guy. We have more to come. Another hour on the way. Don't go anywhere. Stick with us. My, my strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and, 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 and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important to the future of civilization. But you've, um, you've described I, yourself. I, I don't care about the economics at all. You'd, okay. That's that is Elon Musk today during, what is it, a TED 20, the TED talk, TED 2022? I don't know what those are. And he was asked why he's offering to buy Twitter, and that was his response. Wow. They care about the economics of it. He may not, but they do. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, here with you. Always a pleasure. So, I am watching, I was just reading, I'm perusing a thread of blue check meltdowns. Axios Headline, Elon Musk goes into full goblin mode. They're so mad over Spice Hitler, guys. 
the space Hitler's going to come and buy our free speech. That's what the left is saying right now. This is the left right now. Legit. He's a space Nazi. He's going to come buy up all our free speech. That's <laughs> what they're saying. Not even making this up. God bless America. They're going to put us in a fascist camp on Mars. So Axio says Elon Musk goes into full goblin mode. These are actual headlines and journalists. Today on Twitter feels like the last evening in a Berlin nightclub at the twilight of Weimar, Germany. Jeez, could you be more Summer's Eve emo? Good grief. That's Jeff Jarvis. This dude. If Elon Musk successfully purchased Twitter, it could result in World War III and the destruction of our planet. These are actual blue check journalists at places like New York Times, Washington Post, The Atlantic, Time Magazine, Rolling Stone. This is who these people are. Here's Washington Post. Musk's appointment to Twitter's board shows that we need a regulation of social media platforms to prevent rich people from controlling our channels of communication. But wait a minute. What happened to Twitter's a private business? Twitter, Twitter can do what it wants. It's a private business. They went from that to Musk shouldn't be able to bar free speech. This is a South Park skit. If we don't have, you know how they had Mecca Streisand? If we don't have something of that level with Elon Musk, I will never, ever forgive the creators of South Park for missing this cultural touchstone. You will have betrayed the not really totally satire that is our culture. (laughs) I can't, this is an actual headline. I gotta, I gotta share, this is, yeah, Mecca Musk. (gasps) <gasps> I can't do a horror This is the worst Godzilla sound ever I'm not even going to try Give me a Godzilla sound That was awful That sounded What the hell did I just do That sounded like somebody's creaky weak door I don't Mecha Musk Space Nazi Bana bala free speech <laughs> What's happening Oh my gosh They're freaking out over this Oh Oh man there's more There's more I have like so many headlines They're threatening to leave Twitter this one man who is a transgender act advocate and is a, identifies as a woman. I don't want to leave Twitter, but it seems a given that if Musk buys it, it will be completely uninhabitable. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. People are saying that it's going to start World War III. Oh, my gosh. The, the freakouts. I'm going to put this in an email to you. And you're going to want... I might send it out tonight instead of sending it in the morning. Because... I feel like you need this joy in your life and you will really enjoy reading this. It'll be the most enjoyable time you've ever had on Twitter is reading this thread. Woo. I love the point that someone made. Must didn't sell out. He bought in. Ooh, player two joins the game. Uh Oh, but wait a minute. And our, our friend Rian Salad makes a really good point. And this is Axios. This is what they write. And this is going to go into Rancel Ad's point. Axios says, quote, The world's richest man, someone who used to be compared to Marvel's Iron Man, is increasingly behaving like a movie supervillain, commanding seemingly unlimited resources with which to finance his mischief-making. Whoever wrote this headline at Axios just demonstrated a complete, absolute ignorance on Marvel canon. First and foremost, Tony Stark, one of his biggest brags, was that he privatized defense. 
And in fact, in the second Iron Man film, uh, the opening in the courtroom, the courtroom scene, uh, actually not courtroom, they were, he was speaking before Senate subcommittee where he went off on one corrupt senator and he was saying, I successfully privatized defense because he refused to give over his proprietary technology to the United States government. That is antithetical to what Axios is claiming here. So the next time that you want to dip into comics canon, know what the hell you're talking about or get slapped. Where's Will Smith when you need him? (laughs) We're slapping the wrong people. They're they're just freaking out. I'm not going to stop doing that accent. It's you know you know what it is. It's uh, what's his face, Mr. Hats guy on South Park. It's like a weird combo of, yeah, (laughs) Mr. Hat. It's a lower lower tone version of his voice. Oh, the schadenfreude. I want to bask in it. Inject this into my veins. There are so, like, did you know leaving Twitter actually trended? Is it still trending? Let me look. Is this still trending? I think it actually may be. Let me check. Oh, my gosh. I love everything. Oh, and then they're saying, why don't you just go buy Truth Social? And now they're all, now they're all starting to talk about Section 230. <gasps> Oh, God bless America. It's just, oh, I'm telling you. So we'll see. Four Central today. And he's, I don't know if you've seen some of the uh, sound bites, and I'll include these as well. Kane, grab this one. This is, he's giving, he's answering questions at like one of the TED events. And he was asked about free speech. And this is what he had to say about free speech. Listen. And a good sign as to whether so- there is free speech is, uh, is, is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like? And if that is the case, then we have free speech. And it's, it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of a healthy, functioning, uh, free speech situation. There are people who say things all the time that I don't like. It doesn't bother me. There are some people out there right now that think Green Day is legit punk. They're wrong, and I'm okay with that. I'd agree with them, but we'd both be wrong. One of us has to be right, and I will assume that burden. Kane, there's people out there who disagree with you, and that's fine with you. Yeah, and I'm fine with more speech. Usually people that disagree online usually just move to insults without an actual counter-argument. Both are fine, but... I think meeting speech you don't agree with with more speech is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. That's that's like the that's the way it always should be. Oh my gosh! But the left is freaking out. If I'm telling you what, if they and I'm going to move on to some other stuff, but the the reason I f- I'm focusing on this because I think this is bigger than anything else that's in the news today. I do. Because it touches everything from free speech, it touches on culture, it's, it touches on wokery, cancel culture, business, everything, everything. And we'll see what happens. But $43 billion cash off, or can you imagine having that kind of cash on hand? I don't begrudge him. He made his money. He made his wealth. See, the thing is that his doing this, it proves one thing, especially with the left meltdown that I was sharing with you. 
You know, the left always said that private business, the only time that they loved corporations was when corporations acted in line with progressive ideology. If Twitter is censoring, corporately censoring people because they would speak something that violated a progressive narrative, the left was fine with censoring that person. They're fine with Disney acting like corporate overlords, directing parents how to raise their children. They love private business. They love private business being able to do whatever it wants. But Elon Musk making this move to purchase Twitter proves that they're the leftist thing with their, their, their mantra of the private, private businesses can do what it wants. It proves that that was always a lie. They never really believe that. The left doesn't believe that businesses can do what it want. They th- what they want. They believe that businesses can do what businesses want to do, so long as what those businesses want to do validate what the left thinks. Bakery. Yeah, like bakeries. Bake the cake. Bake the cake. Remember? Mm-hmm. Telling you, it's true. It was always nonsense. Always nonsense. Now, here's some news that came out today, RNC. They're pulling out of the Presidential co- Debate Commission. We, we Now, I had it as a headline that they had been considering doing so earlier, but now it's actually, they said that they voted unanimously to completely withdraw from the Presidential Debate Commission. They're going to find a new group to sponsor the debates, one that can be impartial. Because the, the commission had refused to adopt any kind of changes. And that also included, they always have, you know, super far left. I mean, they, they would have these journalists moderate debates, journalists who literally came from Democrat campaigns and then join news networks as anchors. I mean, that's kind of a, hmm. That's why the moderations are, so, the moderation is so bad. So they, I'm glad that they did and they can find another group to sponsor it. So that'll, that, that's going to, I don't know, I'm not quite sure who they will, who they'll have sponsor it, but I would hope to see. Also, maybe that means we'll get some better questions from these moderators. A lot of these questions I thought were just, it's like they went to daily costs and just decided to like rip the comments. Just, just craziness. So a few other things to touch on today. If you make sure you sign up also for the newsletter, because I always send out prep emails. I had this, I, I was touching on this narrative that I think it's pretty much dead now This as of this morning. Last night it was trending because Beto was pushing it. And it had to do with the, the fight over truckers. And they said, oh, Greg Abbott, he's stopping truckers from being able to you know, get across the International Bridge, etc. Well, he had removed certain vehicle inspections at the International Bridge. Because they had come to an agreement with Mexico. This is something that, you know, really ultimately Biden should be doing and Biden's not doing it. But he had made an agreement with Mexican leadership, with the Mexican government, that Mexico is going to provide additional security measures. They're going to increase what they can on their end to uh, try to prevent narcotics and people from being smuggled across the border. So I guess Beto doesn't have anything else to double down on after that. But truckers were really upset about it. And I understand that some of them were upset, but I also hope that people understand that, you know, your hands are kind of tied when there's not a lot that you can do. And that, uh, 
you know, barring, you know, Arizona v. United States, you don't, you know, you, I mean, really, ultimately, the DOJ at one point threatened to go after and arrest Jan Brewer for what she was doing. So it's in litigation. I mean, it's baby, this is the way it is. This is what happens when you have a federal government not representing the interests of the voters. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So the Brooklyn subway shooter had called cops on himself. He is in custody. And the a camera installer says that he was the first tipster who led to the arrest of this would-be Brooklyn massacrist. The other thing is, too, didn't they say the guy was like five foot something? I saw pictures of this dude standing next to other cops. This dude was not five foot something. You've got to be kidding me. That was a little not, that didn't match up to what, you know, no. Uh, Let's see. Wholesale inflation has increased at a record pace, still increasing at a record pace. Google invests $9 billion in U.S. offices and data centers. They're looking to add, get this, they're looking to add 12,000 employees. This is what their CEO announced yesterday in the new investment, $9.5 billion. Now, the company said it seemed counterintuitive to increase investments in physical offices considering hybrid work, but they said that they think it's important to invest in their campuses and continue digital tools and services. It makes me wonder like what they're gearing up. I mean, if they need 12,000 employees to be able to come to a physical space and it's not going to be hybrid work, is this, It's. I think some of it's gearing up for like meta, but also it's very... Speaking of the metaverse, Meta, which is Facebook now, I'm still calling it Facebook. Apparently, they paid $26 million for Mark Zuckerberg's security in 2021. I'm actually not that surprised, but that's, I mean, I'm not surprised that it's, you know, over, you know, in the million, you know, level, but that's a lot. $26 million. When you control that much, though, that kind of makes sense. The BBC has a guide for parents. They're asking parents to examine their biases and see if their babies have only white friends. What? What? They, they're they asking, they're literally like, yeah, I hate everything. Just mind your own damn business. I hate everything. Oh, memos reveal that Biden's dog attacked Secret Service agents multiple times, apparently, and that agents were not happy about this. They said Major, the German Shepherd, said he caused hundreds of dollars in damages. And one agent said that the dog bite issue was a plague, according to 400 pages of records that detail how upset agents were with how Jen Psaki was handling this whole issue. (sighs) Stick with us. More to come. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Wow. Yeah, I'd say uh, most countries five, ten years away. Hammer Industries, 20. I'd like to point out that that test pilot survived. I think we're done is the point that he's making. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any reason. The point is, uh, you're welcome, For I what? guess. Because I'm your nuclear deterrent. It's working. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property? You can't have it. But I did you a big favor. I have successfully privatized world peace. It's Tony Stark. And the second Iron Man. I've successfully privatized world peace. I said defense, but the same thing. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. I keep thinking of this scene over and over again, especially now as I see the SEC and DOJ have reportedly launched a joint investigation and a remarkable coincidence, folks, into Elon Musk's company. 
<clears throat> the entire left is going to move to try to stop this. Legal sources say, according to Fox's Charles Gasparino, that the SEC and the Justice Department have launched what they describe as a joint investigation into Musk's regulatory issues involving Tesla. And as Kay notes, it's almost like the government wants to stop the potential for more speech. Amazing that, is it not? The coincidental timing of all of this. This is why this is so important. This has nothing to do with whether or not you use Twitter. It has nothing to do with what you think of Twitter or if you use it or if you care about it. This is an issue no matter where you are in your digital involvement. It is going to impact you. All the narratives that you share, that you talk about, that you discuss on Facebook, that you sit down in your dining table to discuss, that your family fights over on Thanksgiving, every single one of those issues have been battled out first before you ever got to them on Twitter. It is a hellscape. Some of us exist there because we have to. And I don't say that like jokingly. They want to control the conversation. It is, it's the, the, the ruling class. And now here you have the government mobilizing. They have got to go after and stop this. They've got to go, they've got to stop it any way they can. And this is what they're going to try to do. As I said, Twitter's board, they meet today. For Central. What a coincidence, all of this, is it not? Here's the other thing that I was wondering as to why they were moving so quickly with this, and I retweeted this. I think this is an excellent point. If Elon Musk is successful in obtaining Twitter, he should disclose any communications that government officials have ever had with Twitter executives where it concerns the banning and suspension of any accounts over the past several years. Because then you will see how deep, how far. We know they were working together, but we'll see exactly how much. A new era of discovery, so to speak. So I'm wondering on that end, too. I wanted to share this with you. Because... I have seen the phrase, uh, he's buying free speech more than I care to, like, count. And as we await what Twitter shareholders, what the board's going to do, because they have to decide, are they going to, you know, how are they going to do this? Because if they, I, here's the other quick question, and, and before I switch into this, this ancillary topic, doesn't the guy who operate Twitter, he's worth $12 billion. So how is he not an oligarch? Secondly, say that Twitter rejects Musk's offer. Does that mean that the head, their CEO, does he have to resign? Because how is that not acting in the best financial interest of the shareholders? Isn't that a betrayal of their, their fiduciary duty? Is it? Because that's, 
$54 a share. What did you say it was? It was it was 10 over? It was almost it was like $8 over the current price last hour. $8 over the current price of the share right now. And you think Twitter's going to reject it? Yeah, I think so. Just based on the way the government has reacted to this, I think that the government has also looked at, you know, contacted Twitter and said, no, d- reject this offer. Reject Man. it. That's going to be something. Oh, we can't have these rich people buying up our free speech. Well, who's the guy who's the CEO of Twitter? He's worth $12 billion. Is he not a rich person? Do these same people object to Jeff Bezos? Jeff Bezos, who created Amazon in his garage. No one's begrudging him his wealth, but let's be consistent. $156 billion. He spent $250 million to purchase the Washington Post. Or what about the billionaire who owns the Boston Globe and spent $70 million acquiring it? John Henry. He's worth $2.6 billion. Or what about uh, the guy who owns Time Magazine and he created Salesforce.com, uh, Mark Benoff, $6.6 billion. He spent $190 million on Time. I did not know that magazine was worth that much, to be real with you. Laureen Jobs. She purchased the Atlantic for an undisclosed sum, over $20 billion worth. So at what point is it acceptable? I'm just like, is it, you know, that the... the the left is only okay if it's a leftist billionaire who's making the purchase. They've never complained about Ted Turner who created CNN. They haven't they haven't they haven't said anything they haven't said a single thing to him. But I the thing with the left this is really I mean it really is an exposure of how anti-free speech they are. BlackRock and Vanguard are trending, too. It's just wild. It's wild. They have a 30% stake in Twitter. Do you agree? Well, almost a 30%. It's a little exaggerated. Uh, what is their gonna, what's their participation going to be in all of this, out of curiosity? Because, you know, we're no fans of them. I'm curious about this. This is just a wild thing to watch. And I know for people who aren't digital creatures... Like, you know, Kane and I, you might think, why is, why does this matter? Well, you know what matters? Here's why it matters. Everything that we have complained about in terms of coverage the past several years has been because of the way that media has been managed. Media, which has been owned by very rich people who are on the left. I don't begrudge someone their fortune. I begrudge people when they don't believe that ideas should be met with other ideas. It matters because a lot of people question the results of the election. Wrong or right, people were questioning it. We weren't even able to talk about a number of variables that could have affected the outcome. We weren't even allowed to talk about whether or not the president of the United States right now is complicit in a scam to enrich China, make us subservient to them where it concerns green energy while enriching their own family. We don't know what role the Bidens played in that. We're not allowed to ask because these same companies wouldn't run these stories and social media, which is the way that people always got around the big media companies, began shutting down those accounts. See, that's what people don't realize. I said back in 2009 that the new Minuteman was an average everyday American with a 
with their phone and a video recording capability. People were streaming things on social media platforms. They were on Twitter. They were putting stuff on Twitter, bypassing all of the legacy press, bypassing the Washington Post, bypassing the New York Times. And legacy press could not deal with that. They could not compete. Twitter, only for like the past, you know, number of years now, has only pretended to, it, they, they give the appearance of free, free exchange of ideas without al- actually allowing the free exchange of ideas. I think they allow some free exchange to go through. And then that's it. Everyone else is throttled. It's important because all of this stuff ends up becoming a narrative and the narrative ends up becoming policy and the policy ends up becoming law. Twitter can actually change people's minds. I have spoken to a number, I can't tell you the number of lawmakers that I've spoken to in years past who because they saw something on Twitter, rage mobs get their traction on Twitter. People get canceled, careers get ruined, lives are over through the power of Twitter. It's more than just a public square. It's a cudgel. This is why it's important. It's where it's different from Facebook because Facebook is more relaxed. Although they crack down on people as well. But in terms of usage, strictly. It's a lot more relaxed. It's more about discussion. It's more about families and relationships, people who actually know each other. Instagram is very visual. Twitter is the battlefield of ideas. And I, do not, I don't say that lightly. It's where pundits and journalists go to argue. That's what it is. And that's the importance of it. And I think this is huge because this is kind of It's kind of a digital Alamo. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, not for the right, but I think the left is now they're they're realizing, oh my gosh, this is it's on the line now. The 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 ruse is over. The mask is off, the veil is torn, ironically. Not ironically, coincidentally. And everyone can see. And now you have the left cheering the Saudis. Because their Alawid whatever guy, he also has a stake in Fox, by the way. But he, I mean, he's a business guy. He's got a stake in everything. He's got a 5% stake in uh, Twitter. He's trying to call the shots and reject. He's got, he, he's got all of that. He's trying to control and influence Twitter's reaction to Musk's offer. I think this is one of the most important moments in digital media. What's happening right now is a watershed moment in digital media, and it will be historic. And it will change, and, and we'll find out. I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, be hyperbolic. I'm not trying to exaggerate. This is without a shred of drama. I do really believe that this is a watershed moment for digital media, and at 4 p.m. Central today, after this meeting, there is going to be a seismic shift. And I'm here for it. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. 
Can you imagine being like, I hate the, I hate Elon Musk owning, uh, being a billionaire and trying to make an offer for Twitter, but yet you're cheering the Saudis and BlackRock and everybody else. But you know, you hate billionaires running. Shut up. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. I don't mean to geek out on you guys like this, but it, I, mean, I mean, I'm not exaggerating, Kane, right? Please help put us in perspective. This is like a, this is a digital, this is digital World War One. Yeah. I cannot underestimate the significance that this is going to have in terms of impacting culture, politics, policy, how you consume daily things. Opening up your phone and looking to see what's coming up. It's going to affect you in ways you won't even realize. It's also amazing to see the amount of people that are scared of the potential for more speech. Like, that's literally where their fear is lying right now. this, This is all because... The left doesn't like what some people on the right say. Right. I don't like your opinion about the coronavirus vaccine. They've enjoyed one-sided censorship for a long time. Um, and now they're losing that, con- at least they perceive that they're losing that control if Musk takes over and they just cannot have this it. Is, this is the difference between the right and the left. Like, I, I let my comment sections be a wild west. I've had some people jump. The only time I ever delete is if, like, somebody gets, like, like violent you know if they're like i'm gonna kill you or something like that or if there's like and and this is if i see it i just don't have time to police i don't have time to police it. it's not my damn responsibility uh it's not uh people need to have sense or if it's like you know uh like nasty like real nasty like imagery or something like that that's when and i'll take it down otherwise i it's a wild west because that's how it should be I don't get in and I don't, and I respond and I try to get in and as much as I can, but I don't, even if people say something totally ignorant about me, I don't get bothered by this stuff, but the left does. I look at it like a free market where you put a product out. If someone else puts a better product out, then that's the product they'll go with. And then you have to compete harder to put out a better product. It's just like that with speech. If you're saying something that isn't factual and somebody meets you with speech that is factual then someone says oh or you're not thinking about this it's just an an open like you said wild west of ideas what in the world are people scared of we already have laws against libel and and everything else right so why not just let it go exactly i mean uh, i this is it's just all of this really comes down to speech and people's concern about the impact speech has on decision making and the left wants to control this that's not freedom musky okay kane today in stupidity all right it's circle back saki now for about a year now she's been talking about inflation being transitory and you would think at this point you know she'd abandon that talking point but here she is does the white house still view inflation as transitory That is the view of the uh, Federal Reserve and outside economists, and they all continue to project it will come down this year. Really? Can't wait for that, especially with the increases. We'll we'll look forward to that, Fokker. We will. Greg Fokker, meet the parents. We'll look forward to that. Juan just almost died. Meet the parents. Greg Fokker, F-O-C-K-E. Stop it. You people, get your minds out of the gutter. I'll be back with you tomorrow. It's Wild West Friday. God bless, folks. Have a great night. Subscribe to the newsletter.